everyone, and welcome to another episode of God is Not a Theory with Ken Fish. I'm your host, Grant Pemberton. And on today's episode, we've got a another special interview guest uh, with Jennifer Ivez, and she is here joining us, uh, and we're excited to get into that. So, Ken, thanks for coming, and I know that there's uh, a lot that you can say uh, about today's guest. Yeah, Jennifer and I... Uh, were introduced personally at an event in Australia that our mutual friends, uh, Phil and Maria Mason were hosting in Byron Bay. And uh, I was aware of Jennifer for some time before that. Um, She's a published author, uh, well-known, well-regarded. When I was teaching uh, prophetic ministry in my school, Uh, one of the books that I recommended that people get and read was her book called, I'm looking over at the shelf here, uh, Prophetic, my eyes aren't good enough to read it clearly without my glasses, Prophetic Secrets, here it is. Um, I really like this book. There's a lot of great nuggets and insight in it. It's very user-friendly. It's written in a way that you can read through it quickly. And you probably can't see, but my copy is, is pretty beat up because it's traveled with me a lot in my uh, in my backpack, which is in lieu of a briefcase. And I've recommended this to a lot of people. So um, shameless plug for her book. And she's got a new book coming out, which um, we'll get to uh, on the show. But with all of that for introduction, Jennifer, you and your husband um, co-pastor a church in, if I've got it right, I think it's Turlock, California, which is mostly famous for raising turkeys, right? <laughs> well, we've moved out of the turkey business, still in the almond business and dairy. And yes, um, we, we've been here for uh, 25 years. Uh, we have some additional campuses now uh, in a few different cities. So we're, we're spreading out. That's great. That's great. Well, the heart of California needs to be evangelized. And Ronald Reagan once said, freedom is always one generation away from dying. Well, Christianity is always one generation away from dying. So we have to propagate it and preach it and teach it and get it deeply into the souls of people. Um, So I just made the comment that you and your husband pastor a church, and yet you're widely regarded as a prophetess. Um, How do you live with the tension between being um, a prophetess and a pastor? And how did you come into the prophetic side of what you do? Well, um, tension is a good word. I like that word, actually. I feel like it, it forces everybody to, to think and be sharp about what they're doing and why. And so uh, in order for my husband and I to make this work, we had to really define our lanes and um, not cross those lanes, essentially. So he is clearly apostolic. He's got this region. I mean, he, he's you know, just knows what he needs to do. And he's and him and the team that we have here, they are evangelizing and doing all this stuff. And they're just, I mean, the results are there. But for me, I had more of a global focus and balancing that itinerating on a, in a global way and also making sure that it served our local church was the, you know, it was attention and it was not the norm. Um, and in addition, I was prophetic and I you know, didn't quite always know how to say things that my husband, who has a theological, logical grid, uh, where he can, he would accept or grasp or even say it was biblical, you know? <laughs> so, so the challenge was there, the challenge was out. And um, so we had to make some choices to work things through. So we're in agreement, it took some time, um, but we definitely did it. 
And so, um, again, I think the key is staying in our lanes, but making sure every, everything has to serve each other. So uh, what I do serves our church. What the church does serves what God has for me. And it, it is working. It's working really well. All right. Well, how did you how did you first come into this prophetic thing? I mean, tell us a little bit about your conversion experience, sure. your early life with God. But usually there's a point at which the prophetic turns on for people. And when when and how did that happen for you? Well, as a as a new believer, as a Christian, I mean, I, I identified the voice of God like seconds before I gave my life to Christ when I was a freshman in college. Uh, didn't mean to get saved, wasn't planning to become a Christian, uh, wasn't my thing, but I, but I was desperate. I was so desperate. My life was spinning out of control. I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, I was, I was headed, headed uh, out. <laughs> so, and so I found myself in this really backwards, awkward church. I felt Pentecostal church and, you know, presence of Jesus clearly met me there um, heard his voice. He's like, I, I just completely accept you as you are. I heard his voice. And I remember just identifying his voice. And then one of the ladies invited me to give my life to Christ. And I'm like, okay, we'll do that. And I said the prayer and she's like, do you want to get baptized in the Holy spirit? And I didn't quite know what that was. I said, okay. And I start speaking in tongues. And so from there, it wasn't that I knew what the prophetic was. I just knew that I, I was hearing God's voice. Um, and I was identifying as God, God's voice in a way where it was, I mean, there was substance to it. I was being led by his voice. Um, the way my husband and I got together was because God spoke and it was so, it was so, um, you know, it's so undeniable that he was speaking and putting us together, you know, and that, that was the voice of God. And then later on, as I continued to hear his voice and started noticing that I knew things about people, I knew what was going to happen to them. Um, I would see things, you know, in in connection with people. And I I just had this this other, you know, knowing going on. Um, it, it became clear that, you know, something, you know, was happening. And then I began to define it later, you know, give definition to it. Okay, this is, I can see things about people. Oh, that's the seer anointing. Um, uh, I, I knew what was going to happen in the situation. The Lord spoke to me. Oh, that was, that was a prophetic word. I, I prophesied something into a situation because I felt led of the spirit to do it. That's a prophecy, uh, you know? And so, you know, that's basically what undergirded it, all of it. It was just being led of the spirit, my relationship with the spirit of God. He's, you know, he's the word Jesus speaks. He keeps speaking. He speaks to all of us. But then he started getting very pointed at a certain at a certain place uh, in, in my early ministry, pastoring alongside my husband. He started getting very pointed about some things and he started asking me these questions and he would ask me these questions, you know, daily. I uh, point people out or point situations out and he would say, what do you see? And it wasn't what I saw naturally, <laughs> what it spiritually. And I was just having this internal dialogue with the Holy Spirit, you know, like, well, I see this and I see that. And, and then he'd shift to the conversation. He said, what do you see? And I would tell him, he said, well, what do you know? And I would tell him what I knew supernaturally. And I just had this dialogue going with the Holy Spirit. And then over time, it became apparent that it was accurate information. And I started actually speaking into it and ministering out of it. And it just kind of grew from there until actually it was called officially in a vision as a prophet to the nations, one of those things that happened. And then everything took off from there. How did that vision come? When, what was that like? Well, I was at one of our conferences here at the church, uh, Holy Spirit conference. We have it every summer we have for years. 
And I just remember um, uh, I went into a, a trance where your whole world goes away. Uh, not, not, you know, the super imposition of a movie over your natural world where you kind of see both worlds. I was in a trance. It was gone. And this angel uh, showed up with, uh, looked like a, I don't know, a very large scroll. Uh, there's writing all over the scroll. And in the vision, I understood in the vision, I never considered it before. I wasn't aspiring to it, didn't, didn't really have a grid for it. And in the vision, he's, you know, I knew that I need to sign off on this scroll, kind of like contractual, sort of a contractual thing. I need to sign off on the scroll and there's a, there's a pen, everything. And I was signing off onto my, my calling, my, my call as a prophet to the nations. You have that in this book. I do. Yeah. I held up. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, languaging the angels like, no, this is this is a uh, this is a covenant, you know, it's correcting me right there. But but I, I'm signing off on this thing. And, you know, uh, next thing I know, I come to you and I'm laid out flat on my back on the floor of our conference, you know, our, our sanctuary. And one of the conference speakers, uh, uh, she was standing over me. Like, like literally straddled me, you know, standing over me and shouting at the top of her lungs, uh, you know, you're a prophet to the nations, you're a prophet of God, and just shouting this thing right as I'm coming out of this trance. And so, so I'm like, okay, well, you know, there it is. But I, I really didn't know what that meant. I, I'm like, I don't know what that means. And it was, it, I didn't aspire to it. It wasn't something that I, I even considered. I was just me. You know, I'm just me and God. And, and now this, this thing is happening. And so the anointing definitely all of a sudden escalated. The warfare escalated. You just kind of, I just went into a whole different place after that vision. Do you think um, when people have the calling to the prophetic office, you know, in, in, in our circles, people tend to talk about prophetic gifting, prophetic ministry, prophetic office, when they're called to the office, do you think there is uh, pretty routinely, I, I, I hesitate to say every single time, but do you think there's a biblical precedent to believe that there is routinely going to be some sort of a calling experience like you had? Well, Jesus calls us into that office. I mean, you know, the, the, the lines are really clear biblically, Holy Spirit, he will anoint you for prophetic ministry. He'll anoint you to prophesy, 1 Corinthians 12. And then we have what Jesus is doing, Ephesians 4. And he's calling his, his team together. And I, I, just, I just don't think it's supposed to be a mystery. I mean, there's got to be some sort of encounter, uh, mantling call, you know, that, uh, that really defines that this is what's happening to you. Uh, I needed to know that I, I wouldn't have survived the warfare. I'm like, what is going on with me? You know, if I didn't know that, that this is connected to all of that, I, I would have really turned against myself and probably, you know, removed myself from anything that could create warfare, you know, because I wouldn't understand what it was about. Uh, there has to be an encounter. There has to be a call. There has to be confirmation. Uh, he might call you, but the church might not yet be ready for you either. You know, so there's, you know, <laughs> there's kind of like, you know, this marriage is joining that has to happen too. Um, and, and so, yeah, I would say there, there needs to be that. Okay. So the next question that flows from that 
there will be many of our listeners that are saying, well, man, I think it'd be really cool to be a prophet or prophetess. Um, and so how do I pursue that kind of an encounter? What do you say when you have, you know, aspiring prophets, aspiring prophetesses who are seeking to pursue an encounter like that? How do you, how do you advise them? Well, I want to tell them that you only see our social media, um, you know, our social media um, uh, mountain experiences. You know, you don't see what happens behind the scenes. You don't see the processing. You don't see what happens on the backside of the desert and the wilderness and where, you know, it gets like the what the Lord does with you to work you through character issues so that you can stand and last are very, very intense and very, very personal to the point where you're like, this is so personal. I don't even want to tell anybody what God is, is working out of me right now. And, and people don't see that part. And we're not, we're not always inclined to talk about that in the open forum. Okay. And so um, you want to be what God calls you to be. It, it looks exciting. It looks extreme. Um you know, what I get out of it personally is just that I get to know God on a certain level that I wouldn't have known him. Otherwise, that's what I get out of it. And I think that's the heartbeat of everything. If you want to know God, then whether you're a prophet or not, uh, that's the journey we all want to be on. And also, you know, uh, uh, having our hearts really shaped and molded to reflect him. Um, everybody can have an adventure in the supernatural. You don't have to be a prophet. Uh, you know, I mean, the anointings are there, you know, I remember one time I, I started heading over overseas, you know, largely because I was bored. I'm like, we're just going to have some revival because I'm bored. And so we're just going to pick a country and go. I don't recommend to do that. But, but at the time, I mean, it was like, it, it, we saw signs and wonders and miracles. I mean, God was good, you know, so, so you can find supernatural ministry anywhere. You don't have to be a prophet. Um, you you know, it's, it's either you are, or you aren't. And if you're not, you know, just let it be. Okay. Well, like I said, a lot of our listeners will be asking that question because uh, yeah. it is, it, it's top of the list these days. When people think about being a, a church leader, nobody wants to be a, a teacher. Teachers are like the bottom of the barrel. They're viewed as <laughs> dime a dozen and they have nothing important to say. Um, pastors are a little bit better because Presumably, they're nice to you and take care of you. Um, it's cool to lead people to Christ. So evangelist makes the list. Everybody sort of senses that being an apostle is somehow near, we're near the top of the list. But everybody also knows there's a real price to pay with that one. So they don't, they back yeah. away from it. So prophet is like the, uh, it, you know, it's it's the one that everyone's aspiring to. So <laughs> whenever I talk to people that are, you know, like you, I, I like to clarify that from their perspective because people really love to hear about that. Yeah, I never, I never wanted to be. I, it was like not my thing. I, I just, I just wanted Jesus. Yeah. And this is, this is the way it went. So, um, I, I, if he told me, if, if it turned out I wasn't called into this, I would have been fine. I'd yeah. been totally fine. So. That's the right attitude, I think. All right. So now let's let's talk about another thing that people always want to uh, inquire about. So you're you're viewed as a prophetess. You you carry that title. Um, 
when you get a word from the Lord, how do you discern that word? How do you know it's a word from the Lord? How does it come to you? What does it feel like? What does it look like? Describe for us your, your process of encounter. And then behind that, um, if it's not as clear as you'd like it to be, what do you do to clarify it so that the word becomes more clear to you? Well, uh, because the prophetic word is very dimensional, um, I'm trying to answer that, you know, plainly, but at the same time, leave, leave it open for people to have some different experiences yeah. and different, you know, that sure. kind of, thing. um, I, I have found that I get a lot of dreams. Um, dreams are really important to me. Uh, I have, have a podcast going on right now, all about dream language. And I have for weeks now, you know, just trying to teach people how to identify the voice of the Lord in, in their dreams, because we are hearing God a lot more at night than we've realized. Um, so to pay attention to dreams, uh, understand what, what those mean. So I, I do pay attention. I have a, a pretty good grid of the dream realm. And I, I keep a record um, when I'm heading into a ministry time. Uh, let's say I'm, I'm going to do a conference or a Sunday, uh, Sunday here at our church. You know, uh, I pay attention to those dreams because they're, they're usually pointing to something. They're pointing to something that's going to happen, something I need to pay attention to, something that the Lord might highlight or pull, pull out. Not all the time, but he might. And so that's an area that I pay attention to. And I've studied. I, I understand symbols. I understand uh, the language and structure and everything. So so that's one way. Um, another way is I'll, I, I'm in the scriptures a lot. And I'll start focusing on certain scriptures. Certain scriptures will just start bubbling up, you know, uh, in me. Cer certain ones, certain patterned ones. And I'll just start writing them down and and just meditating on them. And then I, I they're like they're like swords, you know. I'm, I might use this sword at this next venue. I, I might pull this sword out and actually speak it out, you know, uh, in, in the context of whatever's going on in this venue. And that might be my prophetic word. That might be what God is saying to people, to that church. Uh, and then I'll build around it, you know, just, you know, cause I, I really like scriptural, scriptural, um, scripturally based prophetic words. You know, those, that's probably one of my top things, uh, get a scripture and build off of that. Okay. Um, I do see things. Um, I, you know, I, I did like a little thing with our youth group last night, you know, and it was so for me, I, I forget that sometimes things are obvious to me that aren't obvious to other people. And I'll, I'll see, I'll see things about people that are, and they're so plain to me, just so plain. I'll see it around them. And it's like, I'll, I'll see something and I'll have all this information. I'll like know the whole story. And then I'll just uh, figure out what is the heart of God and what does God want to say about it? And then I'll, I'll say that. And, and I don't know that, like, that was so easy for me. It didn't take much. Sometimes I forget it. It really isn't easy for others. Uh, but, but I'm getting these, you know, reports today, like, oh my gosh, that was so, you know, accurate and everything. And to me, it was just plain as day. Um, when it's not clear now, here's been my challenge lately. I've noticed coming through political season, coming out of it, uh, you know, we're, 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 uh, you know, out of it, uh, out of the, the, the big, you know, mess of it. And we're, we're moving out of it. I've noticed in my dreams that because I have the, the gift of discerning of spirits, I can discern in my dreams, what's God and what's not. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing a lot of my dreams are mixed, but I can distinguish it. And I'm like, 
okay, we have a lot of divination in our atmosphere still. Um, and we have to be extra careful right now still. So I have put more um, uh, care and more uh, scrutiny on the things that God is saying to me right now. And I'm still, I'm still doing that. And I'm making sure I'm, I'm checking things out with my team. I have a very wise strategic team around me. My, my husband, our executive pastor, our executive team, they're very sharp uh, people. Our board is very sharp. They're, they're sharp, uh, gifted people. And so I have a lot around me that maybe others don't people who will be able to sift and sort through um, what, what these words, uh, if these words are really coming from the right place, the right source. So I've been extra careful because it's in the atmosphere still, um, you know, the, what seems like um, uh, some mixture. And so um, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm paying more attention. And so uh, hopefully, um, uh, you know, that will help people to recognize that uh, just because we're getting spiritual information doesn't always mean it's from God. Uh, sometimes it's just things in the atmosphere. Um, what you behold, you become. We know that scripture. So if you behold a lot of um, certain, certain media, more than the word of God, well, you're probably going to reflect that media in your prophetic, you know, your prophetic communication, right. uh, you, you, it will come into the vibe of your communication. And uh, so you need to be careful that you're keeping your heart pure and, and really putting those checks in there. So that's what I do. All right. Um, so next question for our, uh, for our listeners benefit. Um, in our time, being a uh, people, some people say Naba prophet, some people say Nabi prophet, but uh, being somebody who carries a spoken word is way, way, way less important in the kind of popular mix of things than being a seer. And, uh, you know, you, you function in a seeing gift. And so um, I'm curious, uh, again, for our audience, what have you done? Um, well, first of all, what are some of the ways in which you've seen the seeing gift operate and what have you done to cultivate that? How have you, how have you developed that? Well, it, again, it started when the Holy Spirit began training me himself. Mm -hmm. What do you see? And, and we see Jeremiah was, was that right. question posed to Jeremiah and Amos and a few others. I didn't know that till way after. And I'm like, okay, so I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in the family of how God trains some people. So so he would ask me that. And so, you know, that started that whole process with me. But at the same time, blessed are the pure in heart for they'll see God. So I have to be responsible to keep my heart pure. And, you know, we, we truly don't know what's in our heart. Um, we think we do, but we don't and, until the Lord reveals us to us, you know, and, and begins us, that process. And I have found that every time that's happened in, in my world where the Lord takes me through some, some cleaning, cleansing, detoxing in my heart, um, my seer gift has become that much sharper. Okay. What I, where I thought I was like, really like on it. And I'm just like, wow. I said, if I had only known that there was a whole nother level. Okay. So, so I never say I've arrived 
in this. Okay. So cultivating is, you know, we, we want to have those disciplines. We want to, to keep our heart clean. We want to be in the word. We, we want to shut off things that pollute our hearts. Um, be clean toward people. Uh, if you're mad at people, you will, you will see things that are negative about them, you know, and not necessarily the Lord, uh, you know, you will conjure up in your imagination thinking it's a prophetic experience because you're a supernatural person. Uh, so, so, you know, cultivating it has mostly been creating me a clean heart out of that prayer. Um, you know, it's mostly been that. And then the meditation in the word uh, has, you know, also supplemented that as well. So that that's my my process. I actually don't watch anything like that could pollute my my uh, internal eyes. I, I don't watch anything. I've, I've had to get that extreme with it. That's not for everybody, but that's for me. Um, I'm very little on the news and stuff because I know there's a there's an element in there that also can pollute. So um, but social media, I'm very much into social media. And some people say that that really impacts them. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm OK. <laughs> <laughs> probably so, has a lot to do with what kind of social media people are looking at. Probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> so it, it, it's very much like the movies. But, you know, what's interesting to me about what you're saying is, you know, many people are looking for techniques. They're looking for tactics. Yeah. And you're talking about heart attitude, purity, being in the word. I mean, these are foundational Christian things. Um, so I guess to put it another way, you're basically saying, be a mature Christian, take your Christianity, yeah. seriously, live it. And as the Lord reveals things to you in your own life, take those on board and work with those, develop whatever that response is that's appropriate so that God can, can move you further along. And therefore this isn't so much about like, you know, in the occult, they use techniques all the time, magic yeah. techniques, this is this is less about techniques than it is about who are you with the Lord? Yeah, I mean, I have all sorts of activations and different things that I do with sure. people, but they really don't become an accurate minister of God until their heart is is able to see what God is saying until they have to carry the heart of God. Uh, you know, we, we can get the lights on. We can kick the doors open, but to develop, they're going to have to work on the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Jones used to talk about that a lot, that if you had anger or other, it doesn't, it's not just anger. It could be any number of things that the scripture, you know, calls out. Mm -hmm. uh, if that's going on in your, in your heart, if it's going on in your thought life, uh, it, it will, it will cause your prophetic revelation to go astray. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we call it prophesying out of the soul because these things are found in the realm of the soul. Yeah. yeah realm of the spirit that's good mm -hmm. all right um so next question um what do you see the the lord doing more broadly in the body of christ now you might have specific comments about your own geography but you know you're a prophetess to the nation so also globally and i mean everybody's talking about revival and you know how it's coming it's imminent um i was on a, a call this morning with a guy who's very widely regarded as a prophet. And he said, in the next three months, it's going to, it's going to hit. And I was mm -hmm. like, Hey, well, that's pretty specific. So that means by yeah. an tax day, we should be, you know, seeing revival taking over. I hope he's right. But, but beyond that, what are some of the other themes that the Lord's speaking both to you and through you about? Yeah. And um, well, 
again, locally, we are experiencing renewal and revival. It's crazy. People are getting saved right and left. Um, the miracles and the residual um, anointing for deliverance is just off the charts, you know, in my own vicinity. Um, but what I have suspected, and I still hesitate in, in saying this because um, I want to make sure my, my heart is right. I think it is. Uh, but, but so I'll just put a little bit of qualifier out there, but I'm thinking at least in the U S um, we've had a real strong emphasis on prophets and prophetic and, and all of that. Uh, you know, I mean, people always tell me we're a prophetic church and, you know, I mean, this, you know, I'm going to give it throwing a prophetic birthday party. I'm going to make you a prophetic meal. I mean, you know, just kind of this, this really outstanding emphasis. Um, I, I actually think that that's uh, going to recalibrate and, and it, it's supposed to shift and, and, and aim towards souls and miracles. We're not getting rid of prophets. We're not getting rid of prophetic words or anything like that. I think that's what the tip is really truly supposed to be in the U.S. But I think the what we've had as an emphasis prophetically in the U.S. is going to, is going to, the baton's going to pass to some other countries. And um, I think they're going to run with that a little quite a bit stronger actually than what they've had in the past. Um, that's my sense of things. Um, I've been doing some experiments with some prophetic groups to kind of see if it's landing the way I think it is. And that is what's reflecting to me out of what I've exper experimented with. But again, it's just a cross section. Uh, you know, I, I'm not quite ready to say it's all this, but I, I, I really think it's, it might be headed that direction. We might be having a shift and I would, and I would say to prophets, okay, just recalibrate, you know, uh, re re-engineer some of your language, um, uh, tip it towards souls and salvations rather than, you know, uh, the next political season and, you know, really focus on harvest um, and, and aim there. And I believe that, that you, we will collectively be in the heartbeat of Jesus Christ for this nation. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, you've got a new book that's about to come out. I think it's coming out in February. Is that right? Yeah. February 8th. Okay. Um, so tell us why you wrote this book. It's on healing and deliverance, inner healing and deliverance. Um, tell us why you wrote this book. I suspect it has to do with what you were just sharing, the context in which you're operating. Um, but also, how does that dovetail into your existing prophetic ministry? I mean, I have my own points of view about why these things are linked and important, but I'd love to hear what you have to share about that. Sure. And I, I love to hear yours as well. I'm still filling this all out, but um, I've, I've been involved with inner healing and deliverance, mostly deliverance ministry. I didn't really have a, a, a verb or not a verb, a, um, a, a, a title, inner healing, you know, that phrase. I didn't really have that to probably within the last five years, uh, but always being involved with deliverance ministry because I straight up got delivered from a spirit of sorcery my first year as a Christian. I mean, we're talking like one of those grand ball, grand ball manifestations, you oh, know, wow. one of those. And, and my, my, the prayer ministers around me, they couldn't get me delivered. So I had to figure out with the Holy spirit, how to, how to get free of this thing. <laughs> and it was just, I mean, it was just awful. It was probably one of the worst, worst manifestations I ever saw for like years. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, it was awful. And so as a result of that, I, I realized that Christians had spiritual problems and I began to develop ministry for them once we were, my husband and I were pastoring and, you know, just study all along had, had 
spiritual issues, lots of warfare, lots of things happening with me. Uh, slowly things were getting uncovered. You find out, oh, hey, I'm connected to Freemasonry. Oh, hey, you know, um, I got a little of this in the background. I got a little of that in the background. And just working those things out until, until, okay, <laughs> until I started praying this prayer, <laughs> this prayer from the Holy Spirit. And I just felt led of the Holy Spirit to pray this prayer, created me a clean heart, created me a clean heart. I didn't have anything outstanding going on in my life, you know, that I could point that to. I didn't have like a David thing going on, you know, but I was just like, I'm like creating me a, a clean heart. And then um, I headed over to Australia, first um, uh, prayer conference there, and I had an encounter with the Lord. And in that encounter in the middle of the night, he resurrected my heart back to life. And I didn't know it was dead. I didn't know half of my heart was dead. I had no idea because when you have a dead heart, you don't feel it. It's dead, right? It's completely dead. And I'm like, half of, I'm like, what, what do you mean half? It was like half of me was gone. And all of a sudden half of me came back in this encounter. So it was a great and amazing experience until I began to remember, uh, the, I began to encounter all the reasons why my heart died in the first place. Okay. You know, the heart of stone, we, you know, we, we read about these concepts in the Bible. And, and so I begin to remember, it's like my memories that why my heart collapsed like that, they all died with that, that situation. And then they came back. And so I started to remember, uh, you know, the the level of occultism that I was subjected to. Um, we're, we're talking, you know, SRA to the max. Uh, we're talking, my bio father's from uh, Hollywood. He worked in the financial district. He's been deceased for several years, but he was part of the pedophile net, uh, occult network there. And, you know, I was subjected to all of that. Um, I've got Satanism on the other side of the family, which I'm not, I'm not talking about that right now. I'm just kind of focusing on this other the other side of things. But the thing is, um, you know, all of a sudden I started to remember and it's like, you remember it, but now you're, you're experiencing it because you never processed it. You never, you just, you just collapsed it inside. You died inside. And then now you're going to have to get your heart back. And it was like probably one of the most gruesome, horrific processes. The first year of all my memories coming back, uh, I, I I didn't know I was going to make it. I, I prepared my board. I prepared my friends. I brought circles of people around me. I put. I, I mean, I had this huge plan going. I'm like, because I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I said, I might not make it. I said, this is where people like they spin out. They do stupid stuff. And they can't stop themselves. I said, you'll have to tell the story for me. Um, you know, if I even live through this. Well, you know, God was good. He gave me His grace. Um, and I started learning about complex trauma. I started learning about recovered memories. I learned I was a textbook case. I learned that people with my story don't make it. I did it without medication. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm still in the process, you know, um, I'm in a good place now, but I wrote the book inner healing deliverance handbook, uh, for a few reasons. Um, I wasn't planning to write into that stuff. I wasn't, I really, you know, I've already got a whole teaching and stuff that I wasn't going to write those things in, you know, I mean, nobody talks about openly that I know of. I mean, I'm sure they're out there, but you know, where you're at a place in life, you don't remember that you have so much satanic ritual abuse in your, your background. I mean, I don't know people who talk about this and I'm like, am I going to be that person? Is this what the Lord wants me to do? And how do I do it in a classy way? You know, how do I do this in a way that doesn't glorify, that really shouts the victory of Christ? And I've been really trying to engineer this for quite a while. Um, but really what he really, what kicked it over the decision to write the book the way I did is when I had a memory come back 
where um, uh, I was in high school and I was in a housing environment. My it was connected to my bio father. And I had a friend on the inside who was trying to protect me from what was going on in there. And they caught him and they killed him. And he died because of me. And um, when I remembered this, like about two years ago, that's when I remembered it. I like all of a sudden I started to mourn and I, I still, I'm still, I could probably, uh, okay. <laughs> so um, it, when that memory came back, I wrote the book in his memory. Wow. I wrote it in detail because of him. That's really powerful. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a strange thing I've observed as I've traveled, you know, through the world. It's not universally true. So I don't want to, I yeah. don't want to set up a construct here that, that is more than it should be, but I, I have found it to be common for people who have prophetic grace on their life oftentimes they, it seems like the devil, it's like he knows that this is what they are designed for. Destined for would be the language we use today. And it's almost like he sets up a plan to destroy them. And so I've run into more people who are prophetic, who have had satanic ritual abuse or just horrific child abuse of whatever sort it might be, even if it's not SRA. Um, but but they they have that stuff in their background it's almost like the devil had a plan to take them out. You know, we, that old saying from the Bill Bright evangelistic track, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Well, the corollary is the devil hates you and has a terrible plan for your life. Yeah. And it's like he sets out to destroy these people before they're even old enough to know right from wrong. And so oftentimes when I, when I meet people who have these, you know, this storyline in their background, I think to myself, there, there must be something really God intends for them. And the devil pulled out all the stops to prevent it. Yeah. Well, you have to really come face to face with the question. Do you want to be made whole? Yeah. I mean, you know, because it's so easy to not, it's so easy to not go and, and do the work and, and continue and, and carry a story like this. This is so far from, uh, this is so far from what I ever, ever wanted to communicate never wanted to be this person. I've never wanted to speak into these kind of things. You know, I still struggle with the whole storyline. Um, but, but it is, it is my story. And, um, I have come face to face with it now at midlife. And so I've got to run this thing. Well, I'm determined to run this thing really well and free as many victims as I can that the Lord will allow just with the story. And um, if, if I can do that, I will be very satisfied. I don't need to go attack structures or, you know, go after these, these entities or anything. I don't feel I'm, I'm supposed to do that, but I, I do want to talk to the victims. I want to talk to them and say, there's a way out. You don't have to be crazy. You actually can rise above it. You can actually have a good life. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Was anyone ever prosecuted? No, because I didn't remember anything, you know, until recently. And my bio father's dead. Yeah. Um, I, I have had some situations. I know there's some, some, I've been, um, I, I don't know how to explain this. I've had some connections the entire time that I didn't know I had. So we'll just leave it there. All right. Well, I know we're short for time. You've got another um, commitment you've got to get yeah. to. So we want to, we want to respect that. Thank um, you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Would you mind closing us uh, in prayer? Absolutely. Okay. Heavenly Father, we just lift 
up the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name above all names, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And we honor the, the, the Lordship of Jesus Christ right now. And I just pray over every person who heard this broadcast, uh, several things that, that touched you, several things that uh, made you curious, several things that may have made you concerned. Holy Spirit, come and answer the questions. Lead them to their next step. Lead them to where you would have them individually go. Uh, bring renewal and revival into them like never before. Stir them for the prophetic. Stir them for the harvest. In your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, Jennifer, may the Lord continue blessing you and your husband up there in Turlock. Um, sometime when I'm driving through, I'll stop in and surprise you. And uh, in the meanwhile, I hope your new book does really well and, and goes far and wide. Okay. Thank you so much. Grant, you have anything you want to add? No, uh, Jennifer, where can people find uh, your more about your testimony and, and your books and all of that? Uh, just go to jenniferevaz.com or uh, Jennifer Evaz YouTube and you can find it there. Awesome. And that last name is spelled E-I-V-A-Z for those who don't know how to spell that. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for taking time and spending time with us. And uh, we look forward to, to having more conversations around this in the future. So Jennifer, thanks so much, Ken. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, Jennifer. God bless. God bless. God is Not a Theory is a podcast of Orbis Ministries. For more information about Orbis Ministries, go to orbisministries.org. If you have questions you'd like to have Ken answer on the podcast, please send us an email to podcast at orbisministries.org. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. It's Julia with Orbis Ministries. I just wanted to let you know that if you'd like to learn more from Ken and connect with others in the Orbis community, you can download the Orbis Ministries app on your Apple or Android phone. On the app, you'll find a free teaching archive, the conference schedule, and an internal messaging community. A link to download the app can be found in your description. Thanks so much. God bless.